Hello and welcome to Virago Voices podcast. This is episode four of Virago Health. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and Virago Health is a means of empowering women to take control of their own health by providing them with the knowledge that they require to do so. If you're just joining us for this podcast, my name is Victoria and I'm a junior doctor. This is the fourth episode of a five-part series on contraception. I definitely advise listening to episode one, which covers what contraception is, before listening to this podcast, as all of the terms etc. will make more sense. It's only nine minutes long and I definitely advise it. I've also posted some helpful diagrams on the Virago Voices Instagram page at virago underslash voices, all lowercase, with labelled female reproductive systems and methods of action of all the contraception types. So just remember to check out the Instagram and refer to these if you need any help with the terms or as ever, feel free to DM me. Last week, I was joined by the wonderful Southampton medical student, Ray, who educated us on the implant, how it acts, how it's inserted, and the pros and cons of the method. If you haven't already listened, give it a listen. It's definitely worthwhile. Again, the feedback I got from last week's podcast was overwhelmingly positive, with Louise from Belfast sending encouraging words about how empowering women is important and the importance of the topics that are covered in this podcast. Feel free to send me a DM with any comments, feedbacks or questions and I can answer them or share them on next week's episode. I really value your feedback. This week we're covering the pills and the thrills. Woo! In this episode I will discuss the different types of pill, how they act and again, like always, the pros and cons so you can make an informed choice. I'd like to take this opportunity to say, as always, that this information is from the Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Health and is evidence-based. I am a doctor, however, I cannot give you medical advice. For this, you must speak to your own GP. So first, what even is the pill? First off, there's two types of pills that we can discuss. Hence, this episode called the pills, not just pill. The first is called the combined pill which contains two hormones, or the progesterone-only pill, which contains one hormone. Both types must be taken daily, and some of them contain breaks, which we will get to. So I'll start with the combined pill, and I'm going to post a little bit more about this on my Instagram if you get confused. But the combined pill is called the combined pill because it contains two hormones. Progesterone, which we've met before with the implant and the coil, and oestrogen, who we haven't met before. The combined pill works via the same three mechanisms that we've seen in the last two episodes. So remind yourself visually, there's a post on the Instagram. These three mechanisms are preventing eggs from being released, so that's ovulation, so stopping ovulation. The second is thickening the cervical mucus, so that's thickening the mucus that sits at the bottom of the womb so that stops the sperm coming into the womb and the third is thinning the womb lining so no comfy bed can be made for the implant the fertilized egg to implant into however with the addition of estrogen which is another type of hormone that is found in females 
it can be seen as an add-on piece. Remember when I spoke about the three methods, I stated that stopping eggs being released wasn't always a guarantee when you use progesterone. However, when you use oestrogen, its main method of action is to stop eggs being released. So again, the combined method with oestrogen and progesterone works exactly the same as the last two methods that we talked about, the implant and the coil. Different brands of the combined pill contain varying amounts of oestrogen and progesterone and different man-made types of each hormone contain different amounts of the, the hormone itself. However, they all work in the same way. What's relevant to you as the user is the routine that you're on and this is so important. Um, so when you're speaking to your healthcare professional about going on the pill, you need to know what routine you're on. There are three different types of routines and I'll post these on my Instagram so you're so clear on them. First is monophasic, which means that you have 21 days of a daily pill and then seven days or less with no pill. During the seven days of no pill, it's likely that you'll have a bleed. It's not a period, remember that. It's just a bleed caused by the drop in hormone level. Basically, your body bleeds when the hormone level drops. It's like it's crying because it's lost the hormone. The second type, the second routine type is um, phasic, which is 28 days of a daily pill. Therefore, you've got no days where you don't take a pill. But these smart and sneaky pills have varying amounts of hormone per pill, which causes a similar effect as the monophasic. So the hormone level reduces um, over the course of the 28 days. So you may get a bleed or you may not. Then the third type is daily, which is the same as monophasic. You've got 21 days of a pill with a hormone and then you've got seven days of a sugar pill. So you do take a daily pill, but the seven, the seven pills at the end are dummy pills. So yes, the pill is so confusing, but we will get there. So you may ask why we have seven days with no pill. What is its benefit? So I did a little bit of research um, on the seven days, which are called hormone-free intervals. The hormone-free interval was introduced when the pill was created like 50 years ago and it was thought at the time that they wanted to mimic the woman's normal cycle. This is to reassure her that she wasn't pregnant and also allow that the pill to get approved by the church. Much research has gone on around if we still require this and it may be something that we see change in our lifetime and actually the most recent guidance that we've seen um from the Focodave Section Reproductive Health Vice President, Dr. Jane Dixon, wrote in a recent article that pill breaks are not essential. So the seven days of no pill, not essential, and taking the pill back to back is a completely safe way of taking the pill. The withdrawal bleed does not represent a real period, as I said, and it has no health benefit. It also makes the pill more effective when you take no breaks or shorter breaks because there's less risk of starting the pill a day too late or accidentally missing pills. So basically what's important if you're on the pill is that if you stop taking it for seven days, you must restart it on the seventh day because 
well regardless if you're still bleeding this is because when you're on the break the hormone free period your body is given a chance to restart the egg making process because as i said the hormone level drops so your body's starting to make an egg again therefore any longer than seven days may risk an egg being made and released which can get fertilized by the sperm and implant which causes a pregnancy and that's what we're trying to avoid if we're using the pill for contraception so i hope that all makes sense if it doesn't please dm me or you know i'll put up a few posts about this as well because i understand it's very confusing but let's move on to the pros and cons of the combined pill so the pros are it can reduce heavy bleeding and painful periods it can reduce acne and um kind of increased hair growth which is called hirsutism um and that's increased hair growth in a male-like pattern on the face chest and back and this is caused by increased level of male hormone in the body we will cover this in further podcast episodes however all you need to know um is that estrogen basically mops up the amount of male hormone um level in the body which um is really helpful if you've got something called polycystic ovarian syndrome um, because the pill is really good at managing the side effects of this Um, and again we will talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome in a later episode but the combined pill the estrogen aspect really helps the side effects of um, PCOS Um, so just remember that it can also lower your risk of womb endometrial cancer ovarian cancer and can have a small decrease in the risk of colorectal or bile cancer it can also manage the symptoms of endometriosis which we will also cover in a later episode the cons of the combined pill there are several cons of the combined pill and you may have heard about them um, and this is probably why the combined pill gets such a bad rep Um, there's also several circumstances in which you won't be allowed to have the combined pill and this is mostly related to the estrogen and the combined pill so the estrogen aspect of the pill can cause you to have a venous thromboembolism i can't say that word um so that's essentially a blood clot which can be either in your legs where it's called a deep vein thrombosis or in the lungs which is called a pulmonary embolism um so that's important because it can be fatal um so if you're on the pill and you get any signs of a sore swollen hot red leg or trouble with your breathing um do seek urgent medical attention another con of the pill is remembering to take it every day and also if you're on the monophasic 21 days on seven days off it's remembering how long you've been off the pill and how many days that you have to take it for that can all be a bit confusing especially if you've got a bit of a hectic lifestyle um another con is you can't take it with a medical history of migraines if you've had previous blood clots or after you've had a major surgery also if you're over 35 and you smoke you can't take the combined pill or if your bmi is high and you suffer with liver disease these are all things that when you want to start the pill your gp will cover with you and they'll ask you lots of random questions um but that's that's why the estrogen is a bit of a um it can be a bit problematic sometimes um 
the final con is um, it can increase um, your risk of cervical and breast cancer by a small amount. However, I like to emphasize that this risk falls back to normal levels once you stop the pill. Okay, so moving on to the progesterone-only pill, or what is normally called the mini pill. So this one contains progesterone only, hence the name, so none of the estrogen that's in the combined pill. Estrogen, as you heard, is quite troublesome and can cause a lot of mischief in the body. So the progesterone-only pill is ideal for women who don't fit the criteria to use the combined pill due to the risk factors that I've just discussed. Um, The progesterone-only pill, or the mini pill, works in the same way as the marina coil and the implant, and that it thickens the cervical mucus, not allowing the sperm to enter the womb. It can also thin the lining of the womb, therefore a new comfy bed can be made for the fertilised egg to implant, and it also can suppress the creation creation of eggs. However, this is more reliably done when you have oestrogen added in. It also is known to decrease egg movement through the fallopian tubes, so those dangly arms that connect the ovaries to the womb. It can decrease the movement through there, so that it delays the sperm meeting the egg. The mini pill is a daily tablet with no pill breaks, so there's none of this seven-day no taking the pill. It's a daily pill. With the mini pill, all you need to know is there's three different types of brands, and I say this because it's really important. They each contain different types of the hormone progesterone. Two of the brands um, contain a certain type of progesterone that means that they have to be taken within three hours of the same time every single day. So you've got a three-hour time window to take the pill each day. This is because these two types of progesterone only act by thickening the cervical mucus, which needs to constantly be be kept thick to stop um, sperm entering the womb. However, the other brand um, has a 12-hour window of the same time every day. Therefore, there's slightly more leeway because the pill acts by suppressing egg formation. It's really important to discuss with your healthcare provider which pill you're on so you know the time window in which you need to take the pill. The pill is 99% effective but only if taken in the right time window. So it's really important to know whether you're on the pill that you have a 3-hour window or a 12-hour window and we can talk about what happens if you miss your pill. So the pros of the mini pill. It's good if the combined pill is contraindicated. Um, it can help with um, mid-cycle ovulation pains um, if you use the brand that acts um, on stopping of egg creation and the pill can be taken up to the age of 55 years old. And the downsides, um, it's a daily pill so it has to be remembered and taken regularly, particularly with the brands that only have the three-hour time window. It can cause altered bleeding patterns and can cause mood swings, decreased libido, acne, um, headaches, weight gain, breast tenderness. However, there's limited research to support all of this and there's no causal link can be scientifically drawn. But these are some reported side effects of people who have taken the pill in the past. So before I finish, um, I was DM'd a question about whether the contraceptive pill affects attraction. So from the off, I had absolutely no idea, I'm going to be completely honest with you, but um, 
the, the only thing I knew was that some reported side effects, as I mentioned, are decreased libido. However, this question was more asking about women coming off the pill to get pregnant and no longer finding their partner attractive. So I did some research, i.e. I googled it, and found that um, there's no conclusive evidence to su- su- like support the theory that the contraceptive pill affects attraction. And most research that is being done is at the very early stages. All I can say is that as you are taking hormones, there's a school of thought, not evidence-based, that the pill can influence who you are attracted to and how attractive you are to others. Again, I'd like to emphasize this is not scientifically proven and there's no evidence base behind it. It's just a hypothesis which has not been proven. But interesting question, so thanks for that. Overall, the pill is quite quite well accepted by women because it's reliable reversible and it doesn't come with um it doesn't come with too many risks however if you're on the combined pill please just be wary of of the risks that i've talked about obviously because a healthcare professional commences you on the pill they will explore all your risk factors you can expect the healthcare professional to check your blood pressure check your height check your weight so they can calculate your bmi your body body mass index and they'll also ask you about your past medical history things like migraines they'll ask you about a family history of cancers or blood clots and they'll ask you if you smoke and how much you smoke um and the how much you smoke is important because it can determine what pill you can use ensure that on starting on either of the pills you educate yourself on the missed pill rules i.e what you do if you miss a pill on the type of pill that you are on. I'm not going to cover these rules just now in the podcast because I think this podcast has been heavy enough. However, I can post a video on my Instagram page if you're interested. DM me if you'd like me to do this and I'll get I'll get round to it at some point because um, I think it's really useful. So if you've had any questions about anything this episode has covered, sorry, I know it's been quite heavy. Please DM the Instagram or tag us in your stories. I'll endeavour to answer your questions on the next episode. Next week, it's our final episode of the contraceptive series. And we're going to be talking about barrier methods, permanent methods and all other methods. If you like this episode, please let me know and share it with your friends and subscribe to Variety Voices on Spotify or Apple Music or all, all other podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. <laughs>